Hello and welcome to So This Works, a lifestyle and business podcast about work-life balance. My name is Marcus Lee and I'm your host. On today's episode, I talk to Josiah Silk, the CEO of Rooted In, a charity that provides training opportunities for people with a focus on community development in the city of Bradford. We talk about why he chose a career in the charitable sector, why he turned his back on other potential careers, what he's learned along the way and his long-term plans to raise the aspirations of the communities he works with. I hope you enjoyed this episode and can I just take this opportunity to say if you like what you hear please pop over to iTunes and give the podcast a quick review it really helps but in the meantime sit back and enjoy nod your head and when the beat kicks in we'll get started with the conversation stay tuned Josiah, welcome to the So This Works podcast. How are you doing today, man? Not bad at all, mate. Not bad at all, Marcus. Lovely. Thanks for coming on. Um, we know each other, and I can say that I've had some brilliant, brilliant guests on, but today I've got you on. Um, so thanks for coming anyway. Feelings mutual. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is how to start a podcast. You insult your guests and just hope that they don't hang up the phone. You know, this is a real, real test. Could you tell us a bit about yourself then and what you do, who you are, who you represent? Go for it. Yeah. So, um, clearly, my name's Josiah. I am married to my wife, Kate, with a three-year-old daughter called Esther. Uh, We've lived in Bradford all our life and um, I started my sort of working career leaving university thinking, um, right, I'm going to use this biomedical science degree and... um, progressing a career in that you know I had a plan go work for the NHS get some experience and the long-term goal was to get in a plane one-way ticket to Brisbane Australia right why not I'm looking I'm looking out my window now and it's raining (laughs) I I don't think that ever happens in Brisbane yeah so that was a plan and uh, but as I sort of progressed on this career of science um, and test tubes and microscopes and people in white coats I was like you know this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, at the same sort of time, um, I was volunteering with a charity that my mother-in-law set up, yep. which is now called Rooted In. It's based in a council estate in Bradford, up in Ollerton. And it started off doing children's work, and it's now about um, wholesale community transformation. And as I was sort of working in the lab, sort of doing my 40 odd hours a week, I sat there sort of doing what you do thinking about the people in the community that right? I spent a few hours a week volunteering and yeah it was almost like get through my day to get my wage so I can do what I want to do yeah and um I kind of thought for a while well, you know this is a eternal frustration that just about everybody lives with you know you, you do your job to pay for the life you want yeah but an opportunity came up where it was like well actually um I can either go down the graduate management route within the NHS or I could jump ship and leave all the security that working for the NHS would have brought and start working for the charity with yeah. Kate. And, um, yeah, that was it. My only sort of proviso I made was I, I don't want a boring day. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that was uh, nine, year, nine years ago. Yeah. So oh, yes. and it, yeah, it's a bit mad, isn't it, when I think about it like that? I was just a kid making yeah. these uh, making these life changing decisions, and um, to leave financial security behind for 
Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, maybe it's a bit too soon to ask this in the the interview, but do you have any regrets about turning your back on a career with the NHS, like a bit of security? Do you you have any regrets about that? I I wouldn't say it's a a regret, but it's it's, it's something that really has every now and again come up. So through the charity, you know, financial security, especially these past two years, has sometimes been as like month to month. You know, you start the month and we do not know what we're going to get paid at the end of the month. Yeah. And so you do get this odd moment going, Mm. did I make the right choice? Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's quite a regret, but, uh, you know, I, I, you have to be careful with those thoughts because you end up going down this rabbit warren of what would my life look like? And yeah. you, you, you look back, well, when you do that, you only look at the positives. Yeah. You know, I'd only look back at the NHS thinking, well, there was a guaranteed income. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to remind myself going, do you know what? You weren't fulfilled in that job. Yeah. Um, you know, it didn't make you happy. You didn't feel you were making a difference. Whereas, in the work I'm doing now, um, I've never had a boring day. Yeah. I, I feel fulfilled. Um, I feel like we, we are making a difference to people's lives. So there's a trade-off, isn't there? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think we all feel like that because I have times like that when I, I look back and think about career choices I could have made. You know, I've also worked freelance and worked for myself for years and years. And then you look back and think, yeah. oh, what if I did that job at university? You know, I gone to university and did that career, which would have been safe and would have guaranteed me you know, thousands and thousands and thousands per year, but I'm kind of living on the edge sometimes. But it's, yeah, it's, it's about fun, fulfillment. It's, fun, it's funny how we often wish for the very thing we don't have. Yeah. Uh, as if that is going to bring us what we want. Yeah. Um, we, when I was stuck in a secure job with the NHS, I, I was desperately looking for some fulfillment. Yeah. And there's a danger when I'm in a job which provides fulfillment i could look and go i really want financial security i want a nine to five i want something boring um you do have those thoughts but i think that's just a bit the paradox of being a human being and i guess trying to strive or work towards this idea of uh, some sort of balance you know you, you have to be at peace in a way with um these these different things different things that are going to pull at you yeah you know i'll pull, pull for your attention pull for your time and puffy desires really definitely well tell us a bit more about rooted in then mate so rooted in uh it started off as a children's charity and it's funny when i started working for the children's charity i always joke saying i don't really like children (laughs) and i absolutely love my three-year-old yeah but actually why i went there was is um the, the founding vision was actually to improve the life chances for these children who were third generation growing up in poverty yeah and i could say clearly you know you can't say you want to improve the lot for the children without trying to work with the wider family and the community as a whole so my vision was always about growing it from children's work to include youth work family support and then other aspects of community work so We've got um, a social enterprise coffee shop called the Sugar Snack Kitchen, where we um, employ people who have previously been long-term unemployed for various reasons. Um, And I think just for their sake, I won't go too much into their reasons, but it's it's very varied uh, why they've found themselves uh, where they are. And um, the other project we're looking at and working on is the social housing. I think I said we wouldn't talk about lockdown, but briefly i think <laughs> with all of us been stuck in our homes for so long yeah um we've realized the importance of home and the impact that the quality of your home has on the quality of your mental well-being yeah and your life and whilst that may feel like a new truth to a lot of people the reality is, is 
home is one of the most important places yeah especially for children and young people yeah um but it's just become more sort of highlighted more prominent now because so much society has been stuck in their home now yeah so we've recognized in our community that housing is a real issue the quality of housing is not good enough yeah so we're going right instead of complaining about this situation let's work on a solution and you'll know marcus because i think i've talked to you about this for about three years or so it's it's been a long slow burner but yeah we're working on this model where actually the community are engaged in the design construction yeah. of the housing yeah they live in their own housing and then we support them properly so they're supported on a local level yeah and that support isn't just you know, we'll, we'll fix your house, we'll put a new boiler in. It's a case of, okay, you're having a bit of uh, tough time with your child engaging in school. It's yeah. great. We've got a family support worker. We've got a youth worker. We've got uh, some financial um, support services we can sort of plug you into. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the idea of a, a more holistic approach to building community. That sounds brilliant. That sounds absolutely brilliant. Um, you. Can you tell us a bit about Sugar Snap as well? Because it's not a standard coffee shop is it no it, it, we, we run a little bit different um so we're, we're based up at the top of the m606 in a building called hope business park yeah which is run by another great uh, charity called tlg who you, everyone should look up um and so with this coffee shop we, we set out with two real aims excellence yeah and helping people yeah and it's um we're sometimes seeing where when charities sometimes try and do something, I think sometimes the quality is sometimes lacking. Yeah. And pe- and the general public will accept it and go, oh, well, I'm willing to accept slightly less than excellent service or excellent products because they're doing good. Mm. Now, I'm like, no, actually, the, the people from our community who are going to train up and employ, they are perfectly capable of delivering the best customer service and the best drinks and food you can get in Bradford so we set out from day dot going right we're going to be excellent at everything we do yeah and um we picked up some people who classically the excellence may not have been expected of them or excellence has never been expected of them yeah which we train them and we sort of properly raise the bar high yeah and the thing is from day one they saw the target and they ran for it and they've met it and so as a result within three weeks we were in profit yeah. as a business okay. and over this past year we've sort of supported six people sort of who've all been unemployed with, into either further education yeah. or long-term employment yeah with us or with other people so I, it may only be six but actually those are six lives that have been completely transformed yeah in a year and you know, it's yeah, it makes it all worthwhile. So we, we've managed to do this great business and great building people. So um, I feel that's quite a rare thing for people to do. That feels a bit weird, blowing me up, <laughs> but it isn't my own. It's the team we've got yeah. and um, yeah, the supportive environment they've created. Fantastic! No, it's it's great. It's really going the extra mile, isn't it? Which is yeah, which is unusual like you say so if it's something that you've created so you've created or well, something that you've is your baby i suppose and yeah. you live and you live you breathe it most of the day most of the week most well all the time <laughs> yeah how do you find moments to put some of that stuff down because you and kate both work in that business right yeah so obviously you go to work it's on your mind you come home it's on your mind how do you 
find time to put that down and have a bit more of a work-life balance where you just switch off from work and do your own thing i think for that that was it's, it's been a struggle for eight or so eight or so years uh, i'd really struggled with that i i perhaps didn't realize it was a problem until it became a real problem like uh, I just was like, this is how I'm wired. You know, I'm all yeah. in all hours of the day. You know, yeah. I, I just I'd sit in the evening watching the TV with a laptop there, yeah. tapping away to whatever time. And I was just like, well, you know, this is just, this is just what passionate people do. Yeah. And it got to a point where um, I, I, I suddenly I was losing my clarity of thought. I was losing my patience with the people who meant the most to me. Yeah. Um, my wife and my daughter, and it got to the point where people, close friends would say, oh, how are you doing? And generally, usually I'd be like, yeah, I'm doing great. And I mm. meant it. But yeah. I said, yeah, I'm doing great. But then I went, hang on, you're not. Yeah. Actually, you know, your, your quality of life, your your quality of decision-making, how you feel about yourself, my mental health, my mental well-being just uh, was taking a bit of a dip. Yeah. Um, and it was at that point, I'm like, yeah, I need to do something. And I, I'd hit sort of, 33 and i was looking down at my t-shirts were all getting tight on me <laughs> yeah. and i'm like i'm either gonna have to go buy some clothes or lose some weight yeah I, and so i decided to do what everyone every male approaching middle age should do yeah. i went out and bought some lycra and a bike standard <laughs> standard <laughs> I, t- I tell you what that, that first day i came out of my room with this lycra on the look at <laughs> my wife's face yeah 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 <laughs> brave of me but it, it you know, um, I, I now I'm a proud cyclist. Yeah, weird saying that, yeah. but it, it's been the best thing I've done for my head. You know, um, yeah, you get, I get out on the road, I cycle, and you know, in Forest Gump, do you know when he, he yeah. talks about it, he just runs? <laughs> yeah, and it, it made no sense. I'm like, it's just running. What's the point in just running? Yeah, I'm like, no, no, I get it because actually, within ten minutes of me being on my bike, I, I'm looking at fields. Yeah. Uh, out in the open air there's nobody there yeah. nobody can call me nobody can speak to me yeah. it's just me and you don't have to think you just pedal Yeah. and in that process you know of just exercising it's great it aligns your thoughts it clears your head it was for the first time in what was probably years I thought I'm not actually thinking about anything here Yeah. Um, I, and it was really nice uh, and so for me, that's been a real discipline. I've sort of really sort of held on to going out. I need to exercise. I need to go out on my bike. Yeah. And um, within weeks, it was like a real turnaround again. It's like, do you know what? I, I'm, I'm a nicer person to be around. I've yeah. found patience again. That's good. I, I found clarity of thought. So yeah, that's how I do my balance. Really good, man. Just but going back like, to something else you said, uh, going off on a bit of a tangent maybe, but when you said how people ask how you're doing and you say, I'm fine. Like yeah. we all we all do that, but why do we do that? Is that a bloke thing? Uh, yeah, is it a bloke thing? I think it's a very British thing. Yeah. Uh, my mum's Malaysian, and uh, their culture is incredibly different to British culture. She's been there, well, she moved to England in 1969. Yeah. And when people ask her how are you doing, my mum will be honest, and she still is. All yeah. these years later, she's still not assimilated this British culture where you pretend everything's okay and fix it with a cup of tea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, it is a stiff upper, stiff upper lip. British culture, and um, I think, yeah, it is probably, it is worse with men. Yeah. Where, actually, um, we have to be okay, we have to project 
confidence. We have to project. Um, I've got it all together. Yeah. And I think the danger is people sometimes look at the work that I do, mm. I've been involved in. The assumptions can often be that. Well, I'm told I wow you must be organized yeah you must know what you're doing you must be experienced you must be really confident and yeah some of those things are true at times but at other times um i feel a mess you know yeah. I, I feel i feel a bit of a fraud yeah what we're doing i don't know what i'm doing i'm making this up as i go along yeah. um but yeah and i think we need to be much more comfortable um actually talking about this because yeah. The reality is, we're all in this. We all have these same feelings, um, and because we don't talk about it, we don't know what to do with it. Yeah, we don't. We're never taught how to process these emotions and feelings. Yeah. Um. So we either repress them, or we end up just not ruminating on them and, and growing them to something far bigger than they actually are. Whereas if you just go and have a chat with somebody, and like, yeah, yeah. For me, glass of red wine. And a straight conversation with someone where they can pull me up short and just just go, no, sorry, you've been a bit of an idiot about that. Yeah, true. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. And it's, uh, oh, no, actually, it's normal to feel like that. Yeah. It's okay. Definitely. Yeah. I think uh, I think since I got married, like, I've been told to talk a lot more. Um, talk about a check and balance. <laughs> talk about how much money's in the bank. No, talking about no. you know just because because we all do that thing. We, we all say, yeah, I'm fine. And what's what's up? Yeah, I'm right. What, what's going on in your head? No, no, it, not it, 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 it's such a, a male response. And I, I think it's weird, but I, I think I talk to to men a bit more now. Um, so you know, you talk to your friends or. You know, I know at the moment we can't go to the pub or until July the 4th, which is just around the corner. Tomorrow? Hello. Places <laughs> I'll be avoiding tomorrow. Exactly. I won't be there either. I'll still be drinking at home. But, you know, that thing of, you know, talk to your friends or open up and, and find people that you can be honest with. And I know you can't just, you know, open your heart to every single person you come across. But I do think there is a big thing, especially when you, you're in business, that like you go to networking events, you go to meetings and you want to, like you say, promote this sense of confidence. And I've got it all together yeah. and I've got no issues and I, I've, I'm great and I look great in a suit and it's one of the reasons why I started doing this podcast because I was often talking to people in business and they all looked you know great and shiny and then I just think oh I just I just want to I just want to be normal I just want to talk have a normal conversation you know tell me about your failures tell me what went wrong yeah yeah exactly that makes you human yeah because you look brilliant and amazing and I feel like I'm an amoeba compared to you yeah just just put me on the same level as you please yeah, there's almost this false belief though that um, this sort of our actions sort of speak this way. Um, any failures I've made or shortcomings or lack take away from my success, yeah, or my greatness or my goodness. And the reality is, it it doesn't, you yeah. know, um, it it really doesn't take away. And I've learned this so much from just parenting, you know, having a little three year old, you know, the fact that we're potty training. Goodness me. <laughs> Goodness me, the mess that makes. Oh, funny um, games. <laughs> but actually, those accidents and those mistakes do not take away from the greatness and the, the growth she's making in other areas. Yeah. Her, her, her speech, her ability to communicate what she's thinking, what she wants, are, are growing at such a rate. Yeah. But other aspects of her life, she's not there yet. You know, she yeah. still wears nappies from time to time and still makes a mess. Yeah. That, those mistakes if you want to call and those things she's not learned yet do not detract from her greatness and her growth yeah um but as adults it's almost like we don't accept that 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going, no, no, it's flawed. We're in a continual state of growth and learning as human beings. Yeah. And um, but you only learn sort of through. Well, you don't only learn, but one of the greatest ways of learning is through mistakes. Yeah. Um, if you allow yourself to, and if you open yourself up to um, other people, so you can learn from them or take advice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. I often, um, when I hear people give speeches about how great their businesses are and how successful they've been, I kind of want to hear how they've messed up. Yeah. I, I kind of want to see how they made mistakes. So I can see, am I making similar mistakes? And Or, you know, if they're honest and they can say, well, yeah, I made a mistake here and I made a mistake there as well. That kind of helps me so I can avoid making that mistake. Um, yeah. But I tell yeah, you, totally. to bring it to home, I mean, even <laughs> like I said, we we're just talking about being married. I love hearing about couples who've been married for 20, 30 years, but I kind of want to hear that how they've bodged up on, along the way. Oh. <laughs> because well, it's funny. So nothing to do with work, but one of the best conversations I had with somebody was they just, I'll, I'll save the names to save the embarrassment, but um, two weeks back off the honeymoon, I'm like, oh, hang on, did you have a good honeymoon? And I was just talking to his missus. Yeah. And she said, oh, yeah, we had a lovely time. It was great, amazing hotel, da 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 and I was like, oh, that's great. And she went, oh, how was your honeymoon? And I was like, oh, that was like seven years ago. But I'm like, oh, yeah, day two. I remember she had a blazing round. I think <laughs> I said they really, should I say this? No, no it's not going back. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> this, this podcast goes up to 10 million, 10 million people. people. Yeah. They don't need to know. But I just said, we had a blazing round. And as I said that to her, she looked at me and she, everything, she, her shoulder dropped and she went, oh, so did we. And I'm nice. like, and I was just like, I said, yeah, it's fine. Some people do. And I said, yeah. you know, is, knowing you two have just got married, you're both incredibly strong-willed people. Yeah. What else do you think was going to happen? Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, there needs to be a level of honesty. And that, that's it, you know. We're human beings. We make mistakes. We fall out. We say things we shouldn't say. We make bum decisions. Yeah. Um, but so, so does everyone else. Definitely. You know? Definitely. So, yeah, I tell you what, we've gone off a bit off on a bit of a tangent. Total tangent. Should we go on a more of a tangent? Um, should we play a game? Yeah, let's play a game, mate. Why so not? I play Would You Rather with everyone who comes on, and it's really simple. I've got ten questions for you, mate, with two different options, and this is just quick a, fire. A quick fire, but I'm ask you why as well. I'm ask you why you've chosen that particular option, just to figure <laughs> out your psyche, just to see what you do. Um, see, Dangerous. yeah, the real Josiah, mate. So you have to give an answer though, mate. You can't opt out. Cut out, Cut out, right. Are you ready See. for Would You Rather? So, Josiah, here we go. First one. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself? Myself. Why? That's the only thing I can legitimately control. <laughs> Yeah, just your own future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, yeah. No problem. I, I don't I don't end up trying to control that other person if I knew what was going to happen. Which yeah. Just isn't clever. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Okay, yep. Yeah. Question two. Uh, would you rather use a push lawnmower with a bar that is far too high or far too low? <laughs> I thought we'd get deep uh, straight away. <laughs> far too low. <laughs> I think you can handle the, the low back the, the, low, the pressure on your back yeah I can handle that I think fantastic really deep okay we'll, we'll, we'll go uh, more serious this one would you rather have real political power but be relatively poor or be ridiculously rich and have no political power at all 
The first one, without a shadow of a doubt. Real political power, but poor. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Next one. Would you rather have unlimited international first-class tickets to fly anywhere, or take a train anywhere, or never have to pay for food at restaurants? Travel. Travel to see the world? Definitely. The world's far too big. But you can't see. Not, but you can get a free meal anywhere you go, mate. You can get free McDonald's. Yeah, well, I've never noticed that about McDonald's. Wherever in the world you go, you know, if you go to the toilet in McDonald's, you could be anywhere in the world. True. You're all exactly the same. True. Sorry, but, but in Paris, yeah. you can get a beer with your big back. So, yeah, there you go. Funny story. I went to Hong- <laughs> I went to a McDonald's in Hong Kong, and through my broken English, I was trying to just get like a basic meal. I ended up with like a, a hamburger and milk. I was just, yeah, I just wanted like water, but oh. I just didn't know how to point to the right things. But no, there you go. Anyway, Hong Kong, I'll bear that one in mind. <laughs> Definitely. Um, next one. Would you rather never be stuck in traffic again, or never get another cold? Never be stuck in traffic. Why is that? I, I, I commute along Duckworth Lane in Bradford to take my daughter to daycare. Yeah. That is the greatest test of man's patience <laughs> in a car. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Never stuck in traffic then, okay. Next one. Would you rather suddenly be elected to become Prime Minister of the United Kingdom or suddenly become a CEO of a major company? Bearing in mind that you won't have any more knowledge about how to do either job than you do right now. CEO of a major company. At least you wouldn't have the media hounding you quite as much. Nice, okay, fair enough. Next one. Would you rather be lost in a bad part of town or lost in the forest? Uh, bad part of town. Probably easier to get out. Okay. We won't mention any bad. We won't, we won't mention any bad parts of Bradford. There are. There are. Apart from, apart from Duckworth Lane when you're driving. Okay, you said that, not me. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. Would you rather be completely invisible for one day or be able to fly for one day? Fly for one day. Is it just cooler? Yeah, no, I think the, the problem is that anyone who thinks can go invisible, the, the, the presumptions that I made about that person, the uh, virus <laughs> names, tend to be, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Let, let's go flying. <laughs> I, I, can, I can travel to a McDonald's in Hong Kong or something. Fair enough, and get yourself a burger and milk. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Right, just got two more. Would you rather have everyone laugh at your jokes, but not find anyone else's jokes funny, or have no one laugh at your jokes, but you still find other people's jokes funny. I do get the feeling this is a deep psychological question, <laughs> which is going to reveal something quite unpleasant about myself. Um, everyone laugh at my jokes. Nice. Too right. But you're not finding anyone else's jokes funny? Nah, nah, I'm fine. I can entertain myself. Okay, fair enough. And the <laughs> final one, this is a, oh, I love this one. I love this one. I can't, I can't wait to see what you're going to say. Would you rather have whatever you are thinking appear above your head for everyone else to see or have everything you do everything live streamed for anyone to see oh dear <laughs> say that again <laughs> stop stalling mate no <laughs> say it one more time would you rather have whatever you are thinking to appear above your head for everyone to see so it's almost like a post-it note in your head yep. or big words above your head or have absolutely everything you do live streamed for anyone to see everything i do i think i could uh, live with that a little bit better 
Do you think you just plan what you do differently? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> I'm just walking quietly on the street. Ooh, I'm just not beeping my horn on Duckworth Lane. <laughs> exactly. I am doing 30 miles an hour precisely. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> I'd, lo I'd love to see that happen, but anyway, yeah. That is Would You Rather. That's the end of the game. Thanks for that, man. Appreciate that. No problem. So I breathe out. Um, next question I wanted to ask you, which is not a Would You Rather question, but is just thinking about the future now, thinking, you know, we, we said we'll try avoid uh, the C word, which is COVID, by the way. Uh, we said we'll try avoid talking about that stuff. <laughs> but um, what do you think it, the world's going to look like next year? And also maybe in relation to how businesses operate and how people move in terms of freedom of movement. What do you think the world's going to look like in 2021? 2021, I think freedom of movement is going to be completely restored. Yeah. Um, um, I hope there'll be less suspicion of people. Uh, you know, you go into a supermarket and anybody coughs. And, yeah. You know, you look at them like they've committed some next level crime. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, that's my hope. Um, as for how businesses will cope, I think this is going to be a complete game changer for the working world. The people have realised that actually flexibility and quality of life is far more important. And yeah. Whilst I think workers have perhaps known that, I don't think the management structures we've created have allowed it. Yeah. Whereas, whereas now, um, the whole lockdown situation, it's forced a new level of creativity yeah. and a new level of, sort of tenacity with how we work. Now, there's a guy I know who works in the office with a coffee shop and he's in sales for packaging. Yeah. And um, he had a customer down in Eastbourne, so however many hours it is down to the south coast. Yeah. So typically he would have spent a whole day driving down there, probably stayed the night for an hour meeting. Yeah. He did a Zoom call and he got the deal done. Yeah. And it's like, I've saved a full day. And he said, why would I ever want to go back from this? Yeah. And um, I don't think we're going to see a complete, um, shrinking back of people into home offices because mm. ultimately human beings do need um, we're, we're designed for community and for human connection Yeah, but I think there's going to be much more balance, I think people are going to place much more importance on um, socialising, yeah. on leisure activities and stuff which will naturally improve mental well-being, yeah. finding interesting that, go back a year mental well-being was the hot topic Yeah. And we've suddenly had lockdown, which is actually for a lot of people has created space for them to find a way to work on their mental well-being. And yeah. you're going, right, I think these people are going to learn so much about looking after themselves better. They're not going to accept going back to how it was. Yeah. So I think largely we're going to be a healthier and a happier society. I hope so. I, I yeah. hope so. Um, yeah, I, I think like you say about work, I think lots of us have realised that we don't necessarily need to slog it out in a job that we hate but for those of us who've maybe had some time to work from home we've realized actually yeah that 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 job isn't my entire world and yeah there's there's other ways to to live as opposed to being in an office for 10 hours a day so i think yeah we've all seen different ways of working haven't we and seen that we can continue as and we, none of us have suffered as a result of that no and that's it you know perhaps there was a time where people were struggling to get into that routine and try and create a space where they um, where they can work. But I think once people found that way of working, yeah, you know, be it, you know, I know a guy who, you know, when he's working from home, he still puts a shirt and a tie on, yeah, because he said, you know, for him that was his mental thing of like, right, 
I'm in work mode now. Yeah. And it found a way to sort of be not in a physical workspace, but create that work mentality. And yeah. it's quite, I thought it was really good actually just going, out, how do I sort of create that discipline to separate the two? Yeah. Working home, even though I'm not left. And as people sort of learn these techniques, it's, it's going to create um, more rounded human beings, you know, where, yeah. you know, I think, you know, the, you look at different decades over time and just go, what, what's characterising? And I think this past decade, unfortunately, there's just been a lot of greed and a lot of disparity yeah. between those who do have and those who don't have. Yeah. You know, during lockdown, um, never has a greater value been placed been placed on the most overlooked workers in society. Yeah. Cleaners. Yeah. Delivery drivers. Yeah. You know, um, I think we've always had a level of a decent level of respect for NHS workers, but I really think about like delivery drivers and um, shop workers, you know, who suddenly became key frontline workers. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, but they they were so overlooked before, and all of a sudden now we're realising their importance yeah. to our life. And so going, let's hope we remember some of this as we go forward, and we we'll become a bit more of a, um, just a bit more of. A, more considerate society. I wouldn't say necessarily fairer because it's been a bigger topic. Yeah, yeah. But we'll just become a bit more respectful and considerate. I love it when you go walking and everyone says hi to each other for no reason other than you're walking. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why we're saying hi to everyone, but we are, and it's great. I think it's something about being northern as well. I think, you know, yeah, my, fam- yeah. my family in the south don't experience those same things. <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that 2021 is going to be a real sort of massive change for people, which is going to result in a happier and healthier community and society. Definitely. So can I ask you then about plans for the future, long-term plans? You know, if I was to ask you five years, where do you see Rooted In? Where do you see uh, Sugar Snap? <coughs> what would you say to that question? So with Sugar Snap, in, in five years' time, goodness me, I'd hoped that we'd have a few more sites. We've actually um, we've put a couple of feelers out for a couple of new venues to sort of branch out, so we've got a few more. And we're looking at sort of mobile, a mobile um, coffee van unit. Yeah. And with that, we're wanting to really grow um, the bakery business. So yep. um, within five years, we hope to have a dedicated commercial bakery business based up in Ollerton, right. where... Um, we'll produce, be producing a lot of our own goods yeah. for the charity rooted in um, in five years I hope no no we're working towards being um, sort of redefining what social housing looks like and what community led housing can look like where um, it's used as a tool to really build community and build people. Yeah. So in five years, we'll be not just a charity, not just running businesses, but we'll be running housing as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, yeah. Big goals, big goals, which, which are good to always have. Yeah, definitely. So last of all then, how can people find you online if people want to find out more about you and the work that you do? Best place to find is look us up on Instagram, um, the Sugar Snap Kitchen and Rooted In. We've uh, over the next coming weeks, there'll be a new website, some new promotional stuff coming out, just highlighting a bit more of what we do. But for now, yeah, head to Instagram or head to our coffee shop and chat to one of us in person um, behind a plastic screen. 
that's how you find us. <laughs> nice. So that's uh, for, for people who are in Bradford or outside of Bradford. So top of the M606 on the roundabout, just off the roundabout as you come off the M606 yep. roundabout into Bradford, isn't it? And it's within the Hope Park Business Centre. That's it. Wonderbar. Wonderbar. Fantastic. Well, Josiah, it's been a joy chatting to you. Um, as ever Marcus as ever and I know it's been a joy for you chatting to me as well um, <laughs> so you are welcome <laughs> great uh, Marcus yeah yeah wonderful thank you for coming on mate really appreciate it it'd be great to have you on again let's catch up again um, in a few post lockdown post lockdown when, when yeah the, when the coronavirus has disappeared when it's disappeared and it, 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 it doesn't exist anymore and we'll catch up <laughs> again but yeah really appreciate that man take care Marcus speak take, to you soon take care take care Well, you've made it this far, so thanks for listening to this episode of So This Works. I hope these insights and conversations help to inspire you, and please come back for the next one, which I hope will encourage you in some way. For more information about the podcast, please visit the website sowthisworks.co.uk, and I hope you'll join me again soon. And until next time, take care.